1: This
2: is a Lip Media Podcast. You're listening to all the shit I've learned
0: abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Steph Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in
2: Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced
0: heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to all the shit I've learned abroad.
2: Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea. And I'm Steph. Hey, Steph. Hey. (laughs) I liked that intro. No singing this week. (laughs) That was a very conscious effort. (laughs) I missed the singing. Aw, next week. (laughs) Okay, great. You've got the voice of an angel. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) This week's episode, we're actually going on a little adventure. Steph, are you excited? I'm ready to go on a trip. Steph and I were talking and we thought we really needed to put out a uh, an episode where we're taking you somewhere. Going to take you to Egypt today. Walk like an Egyptian. <laughs> Great. Oh, there's the singing. It came back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's um how
2: I did it. We need some escapism, and it's been a long time, I think, since we've we've actually talked about some specific, like, countries and cities that we've gone to and what we love about them. We've done more of the sort of practical travel advice. So mm-hmm. we thought we would do a whole episode on Egypt. Now, Steph and I visited Egypt together in 2015, yes. Yes. and we just wanted to talk about some of our favorite things there, and, you know, some of these places you know once we can all travel again we want everyone to get excited about it and maybe put Egypt on your list yes
0: and I actually got a little excited so I went on the all you know all the government advisory websites when we went mm-hmm. it said avoid all non-essential travel to Egypt yep granted if you take coronavirus out of the picture right now mm-hmm the travel advisory has gone down a little. It doesn't say that anymore. What it says for Egypt? Exercise, yeah. It says exercise okay. a high degree of caution. Right. But it's not avoid all non-essentials. So, yeah. Hey, it's getting better to go once
2: you can. Well, and I know people that have gone to Egypt. So again, like Steph said, 2015, uh, you know, it said avoid all non-essential travel. We went anyways. Cause are badass like that. Um, And within four hours of being there, there was uh, an ISIS car bombing explosion happening outside of our hostel, which we've mentioned that a few times and we're not going to talk about the bombing, (laughs) Um, but it has opened up. I know some people that have gone back in the last five years and they've done the pyramids and Mm -hmm. all the stuff you would expect to do in Egypt. So uh, anyone that hasn't gone, if Egypt has ever been on your bucket list, you got to go. Because there's so much history there. yes. Um, and we're gonna talk about all of that today. So
0: and I want to say going into this episode, I really so there's oh, there's so much history and there's so much religious significance around all around Egypt that mm-hmm. it's overwhelming. Like we could talk about that for days. Um, so, you know, if today, some of the things I love, some of the things I didn't love, you know, if those are the things you dream about, do you, there's so much in Egypt. That was my first, I knew I wanted to go there on this around the world trip. I'm like, I'm not traveling around the world not, not going to Egypt. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: I reached out to you. I said, Hey, well, I kind of told you everywhere I was going. And I think you picked Egypt. You're like, I'll meet you there. Egypt
2: was the closest country. I think you were going to from like England. This is, it's like a three or four hour flight.
0: Yeah. I only booked five days there. I think I was there for two days before you arrived. And the reason for that was because of the travel advisory. I was like, you know what? I really want to see the pyramids. I'll go in, I'll do a couple things in a few days and I'll get out. That was kind of my thinking. And Mm -hmm. even though I knew how incredible Egypt was before I went, it wasn't until I got there that I really realized, oh my God, I need to come back here. There's so much more to do and see.
2: Yeah, it's like you so, said, I was only in, I was there for what, four days? I think. And yeah. it was the same yeah. with me. I just wanted to come and see the pyramids. That was it. Like, that was one of those things mm-hmm. on my travel bucket list that had been on there since I was like a kid. Like, I remember doing, you know, school projects about the pyramids of Giza yeah. and then, you know, thinking one day, like, I got to see them. So I used this opportunity to be like, we're seeing the pyramids. And if, even if that's all I do, I'm happy with that and I can go home.
0: So. I touched down and the first night I got there, I went to, they have this famous market called the Khan al-Khalili market. And mm-hmm. that it was, so I should say, I'll preface this with, we were there during Ramadan. So everything was just dead, shut, quiet, nothing going on during the day. Come seven o'clock at night, it was like an entirely different place. The streets were packed. The shops were packed. It was crazy. So from my hostel mm-hmm. where we were, I met someone like another traveler, another tourist who was like, hey, I'm going here. Do you want to come with? Which I'm really grateful for another benefit of hostels because I don't think I would have gone there on my own walking there by myself. Like, mm-hmm. um, So he led the way and this market was incredible. Like if anyone's into shopping and bartering and, you know, beautiful Egyptian stuff, the Khan El khalili market is iconic. You have to go there.
2: And nothing beats, I think, an Arabic market. Like, I've been to a lot of them. Egypt, uh, Morocco. Steph, you've been there, haven't you?
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah.
2: Where you can just do all that shopping. And they're really, like, hustling bustle. And there's people everywhere. And people trying to sell you stuff. And you can get stuff at a good price.
0: It was fantastic. So, And that was one of those things I never would have gone to. So I was pleasantly... You know when you go somewhere you weren't thinking you would and you're Mm. really pleasantly surprised? That's what it was. That was the perfect start to really get me hyped for Egypt and to also let go of all those fears and all that crazy stuff people had told me leading up to me going there. And you could just tell. You're like, oh, so much of that stuff people tell you is bullshit. So that all went out the window on night one, which felt really good.
2: I always think, though, if you go to something like a market – And just do a little people watching and just kind of sit back and look around and get used to your like surroundings. That's always, I mean, what you did was exactly what I would have done if I had arrived there like on my own as well. Go find a market and just see what it's all about. Like this is real life there, you know?
0: Exactly. I think that's what I loved was that insight. And then day two, what we did was... Coptic Cairo. So I didn't even realize this existed until I got there. Mm -hmm. But there's a whole section of Cairo called Coptic Cairo because I'm not a religious person is why I didn't know. Mm -hmm. But there's mosques there. There's synagogues. There's churches all in the same place. You know, you get these visions of, you know, the Christians hate the Muslims and everyone's fighting. And and you go and everyone's there together. The mosque Mm. is beside the church. Like, it's a very peaceful, beautiful, old historical region. And within Coptic Cairo, which I thought was pretty interesting. Now, I just said I'm not religious, so this will be confusing. But there's a church called the Church of St. Sergius and Bacchus. Mm -hmm. And that, it's built over the crypt where Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus rested when they were fleeing into Egypt.
2: Okay. I mean, I don't think you have to be religious to be interested in religion. I don't think True. they're mutually exclusive, just putting True. that out there. Because I'm yeah. also not religious, but I'm fascinated by different religions.
0: Yeah. So um, I thought just, you know, just being around that history and, um, you know, really one of the oldest parts in the world, it, you yeah. know, it's one of those things that's very, you go there and you can feel, you can physically feel the importance of the site.
2: Mm. And even when you talked about like the preconception of, you know, country like Egypt, where it's predominantly Muslim, and you, you know, you assume like, oh, anyone else that practices a different religion, there's like headbutting and all that. I actually remember my taxi driver when I went to the airport, when I left Egypt, we were talking about religion. And he was telling me that he was a Christian man. And he said, actually, there's like quite a large population of Christians as well in Egypt, he said something like 20 or 30%. Mm -hmm. and he said the same thing he's like yeah like we accept everyone's religion here you know no different than you would in a place like england or canada or you know where you would imagine that everyone's allowed to practice the religion that they practice but yeah it's predominantly yes a muslim country but there's still as you said churches synagogues you know and they happily live kind of amongst each other there
0: yeah so that was a beautiful day and then my favorite day, because you arrived that night.
2: Yeah, I finally got there. So the party yes. really picked up in Cairo. <laughs> yeah.
0: So the next day was the big day. We did. This is still one of the, my favorite days of my life, mm-hmm. is when we went to the pyramids. And the one thing I did not know, so you see pictures of people riding the camels around the pyramids. Yeah. So we've established in previous episodes, I'm not a good haggler.
2: no. Not at all. And do,
0: do you remember how when we were getting dropped off, they're like, you should pay no more than this for the right. camels. And we're like, okay, good. Yeah, we won't pay more than that. And we walk in. Say it was 500. I think it was 500 Egyptian dollars. They went in and we're like, how much would it be to get a camel? And they're like, 2,200 Egyptian dollars. And I was like, oh. I think you took over there because I was oh, like, probably. I can't do this.
2: Yeah. I mean, and the other thing, like. We've said this before, but nobody was there. So you're not going to overcharge me for a camel. So that's the thing, guys. When you get to the pyramids, I think some people think you can just like walk up to the pyramids when you get there. You can't. You need a camel. They are like far kind of into the, you can see them, but they're massive. You can see them because they're so big. And that was one of the things when we got there. I did not realize how massive they actually are.
0: Mm-hmm. And so when neither, you're there, to be honest,
2: no. and when you're in the desert, you, again, you can see them from afar and they don't actually look that far, but they are. So that's why you have to get on a camel. So yeah. our driver dropped us off. We get to the, I mean, I guess they're just tour guides there and they're like, Hey, like, you know, use my camel. We'll take you out to the pyramids. Um, but yeah, haggle the price if you're going to go, because you got to haggle every price in you know, a place like Egypt, like everything is high. It gets quite exhausting after a while, but it's just how it works there. I remember the
0: day we left. I was actually looking forward to someone not trying to rip us off.
2: (laughs) Well, and it's not even like, I wouldn't say everything's ripping people off, but it is them. Like, that's just, that's how they operate business, right? Like we're just used to walking into a Starbucks and going, hi, I'll take, you know, my cappuccino. And they're like, that'll be two pounds, whatever. You wouldn't haggle that. Like that's just not our culture, but they're like, they operate business by, you know, going back and forth, haggling a price. And so they do it with tourists as well. So I wouldn't even say it's like necessarily ripping people off. It's like, Hey, I'm just trying to get the best price. And then you come back and so just know, you know, what is a fair price I would say for everything while you're there. Uh, But especially camels. So I think we did get the camels for the price that our yes. driver told us, because I stepped in was like, nope, we'll pay this much. And we did. And off we went on our beautiful it's- camel. I hate riding camels. Like, I hate I actually riding. do, too. <laughs> I hate. I actually don't know anyone. Anyone that's ever ridden a camel will tell you, like, they probably hate it as well. Versus people I- that have never ridden a camel. They're like, oh, my God, I can't wait to get on a camel. It's like, No. Have you ever just, and I
0: didn't know this, the first time I rode a camel was in Morocco, and then I did it again in Egypt, and I have no desire to ever do it again. When they stand up, it's already, I think I literally screamed out in fear Mm -hmm. the first time when the camel stood up, because I thought I was going flying.
2: Oh yeah, you feel like you're going to get bucked off, but that's just how they stand up.
0: Yeah, and then, yeah, so... I, I don't like horseback riding either. Like, it always hurts me. And I'm always... Ang- Do you remember? I was angry by the time we got out to the pyramids. I was like, yeah. I hate this camel.
2: <laughs> horseback riding, though. You gotta... Because you don't know how to ride a horse properly. It should No, it, it just sh- hurts me. It shouldn't, though. That's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> so, we go out to the pyramids. They're... They are. They're beautiful. They're exactly what you think they are. They're big, big
2: pyramids. I just remember when we... Again, like we were on these camels. And at the time that we went, there was no tourists, which was great. So Steph and I, some of the photos that we got were actually like the most perfect photos because there's nobody in the background. It's just us. Um, I know other people that have gone to Egypt or to Cairo or I should say Giza Mm -hmm. when it's super busy and they're trying to take photos and there's just people everywhere. So we were lucky in that sense. This is where it's like, hey, it pays off to travel to a country where there's a travel advisory <laughs> not that i'm <laughs> suggesting to do that
0: one thing i didn't realize until we got out there was that you can actually go into the pyramids yeah Now we didn't do that because they only do it at certain times and the timing we got out there just wasn't practical for us to wait mm. that long but i never realized growing up that you could actually go into the pyramids
2: i didn't either and yeah, when we got back everyone was like did you guys go inside i'm I was like, no, we didn't realize until – I think like it was later on that you could have. But you're right, the times. And when we were there, because there wasn't that many tourists, mm-hmm. I don't think they were operating at, like, normal hours. But also, for anyone going, I cannot stress enough that when they say to wear long pants, bring a scarf, cover your shoulders and all that, like, do it. Mm-hmm. Don't wear, like, short shorts and tank tops because, first of all, if you're a woman – you got to cover those shoulders, anyways, and your knees. So we've done a whole episode on, you know, what you should wear to certain countries abroad, but definitely do that and bring that scarf where you can cover your head because once you're out in that desert, mm-hmm. it gets windy, it gets hot, the sand like gets yeah. in your face. I mean, Steph, I think you had heat stroke that day.
0: <laughs> Why do I get heat stroke so much?
2: <laughs> I don't know. You're not hydrating enough.
0: I was, uh, yeah, I hit the point where I was. Oh, s- overheating so much I got angry
2: (laughs) yeah but yeah cover yourself up because it's really hot out there and bring water but Mm -hmm. just bring that scarf because I like I actually wore that around my head people are like oh you're really trying to like get into the the culture I'm like no it's the sand like I'm not wearing it as a fashion statement (laughs) you're in the middle of the desert (laughs) and you're sitting on a camel as well you don't want your legs touching the camel. like just cover up
0: yeah, do you remember the names of the pyramids, Andrea?
2: Oh no, can you okay. name them? I guess <laughs> I feel like you have it in front of you, though. <laughs>
0: I do. <laughs> what were the and names? And I, you- I am probably gonna butcher these. So there's three pyramids. There's Khufu, mm-hmm. Khafre, and Menkare. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, for anyone who would be interested, go inside. Yeah. I have no. I have no idea what's in there, what to expect. I think that's one of those things where, if I did it again, I'd probably go inside
2: yes and don't climb on them yes and don't climb like, on them Like we did and we talked about this already in an episode but the security guard told us to which in hindsight we should not have True, but, but they are massive I, you can't really climb up them anyways again when we're when we say they're massive they are huge <laughs> huge i don't know how those were built by they say that slaves did it to think something like that was built with no machinery
0: are you going to get on the alien conspiracies here now? I don't know. No. No.
2: <laughs> I'm not one of those people. As much as I would love to believe in aliens, like, I don't believe it. Same with Stonehenge. I feel like there's – I feel like everything has a practical explanation.
0: Yeah. I Same, same. Um, Do you know what I think the best part of the pyramids was that anyone who's listening who will be going there in the future should do? What? The sound and light show.
2: Oh, my god this was my favorite 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 thing on our trip because i love anything super cheesy yeah and this like topped the cheese factor
0: i so we heard about it when we got there and we're like what is this we're like we have to see it they said there's a sound and light show at the pyramids you go at night and they light up and there's music and we're like Oh my gosh.
2: It's like lasers. They're like, there's going to be lasers. And I'm like, where do I sign up? Give (laughs) me lasers. So we
0: go back. I think there was seven people in total. So obviously with the revolution in 2011, the second one in 2013, come 2015, there were almost no tourists in Egypt. So when we went to the light show... We joke about how there were seven of us, but it's actually kind of sad because there was thousands of chairs. So there w- clearly there used to be that many people going to the show at night.
2: Yeah. They put these chairs out every night. And I don't know why they put so many out because True. I don't know why they were expecting. And I, yeah. I would say there was probably hundreds of chairs, maybe like a few hundred. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like it was strange. And then... Yeah, there was, I think, like a family of four that bought tickets before us. And then we went mm. up to buy tickets and they they had like two tiers of tickets. Yeah, VIP they? and yeah. regular.
0: Yeah, and they wanted us to pay a couple hundred dollars to upgrade to VIP. And VIP are allowed to sit in the first two rows. Yep. <laughs> and there was no one there. So we sat in the third row. With no one in the first two rows.
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm sure we could have still sat in the first and second row if we really wanted to. But yeah, it was quite funny that they were upgrading tickets. Like, would you like the VIP experience and sitting in the first row? Like, no, it's the Third like, row's all right. <laughs> so was- but
0: the show itself is hilarious because, as so we didn't really know what to expect. And then it starts with the Sphinx. He's like, Hello. Like I am the Sphinx yeah. of Giza.
2: The audio, so you can tell that they they made this back in like the 70s. Like it's yeah. not a modern no. sort of production. <laughs> it's very dated. Um and yeah, it starts it, it's like it's like the the Sphinx is narrating this. <laughs> yeah. But then the pyramids also start talking and then there's also like a th- a third narrator of some guy that he doesn't play anyone like it's very bizarre <laughs> but it's very bizarre and it, and it starts out yeah like millions and millions of years ago when i first guess like whoa who's talking and you look over and there's like lasers all around the sphinx you're like oh shit it's the the sphinx is telling us a story and then they just start putting these massive spotlights on the pyramids and and then there's music playing and it's just like, it's very overwhelming. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of sounds, <laughs> a lot of people talking, um, a lot of lasers flying up in the sky and making like laser photos of animals and stuff. I mean, I didn't really follow, I guess it's I just giving you the history of, you know, the pyramids yeah. and the the Sphinx. And so it's just telling that, that story, but it was bizarre, uh, Do you ever, but I loved like for- it.
0: For anyone listening, if you ever have those moments with, with your friends where something starts happening and you're just looking at your friend and you're like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> like That was this whole light show for over an hour. It was me and Andrea looking at each other being like, what are we watching?
2: Yeah. And we looked over at the family of four, the other peeps that were there. And even they, even the kids looked a bit. I mean, I don't know how old their kids were, but even their kids were like, what's happening right now? Where am I? <laughs> but how did how did we get here if you're into ultimate cheese factor like i am i love just cheesy shit like this go to the sound and light show at the pyramids because it's amazing and you actually do i mean if you're into history we'll teach you the history in a you know i guess it's supposed to be like a really non-boring way of teaching people history because it's like this and it's narrated and they're telling a big story it's like all right. Well, that's kept my attention. <laughs> definitely did, but it was uh, that was definitely fun. Loved it.
0: Loved it. Do you know what didn't keep our attention? Um,
2: Alexandria. Okay, that know. too.
0: <laughs> yeah, Alexandria.
2: That's for sure. That's um, actually a better answer than what I was asking. What? What? I can't remember what. Were you I gonna was going to say?
0: say the Egyptian Museum.
2: Oh well, okay. I wouldn't say the Egyptian museum didn't keep my attention because the Egyptian museum in Cairo, we, uh, yeah, we also went there, I think, the following day. Because I do like a museum, especially, like, history museums with, like, old artifacts and stuff. Which, if you're going to Egypt, they've got old fucking artifacts. Yeah. But the problem with this museum is that nothing was labeled and nothing, Mm -hmm. like, you didn't know what you were looking at. And they did, yeah. they had so much stuff. And granted, you know, they probably just find old artifacts all the time lying around in Egypt and they just throw it in this museum. So yeah, it just didn't seem like they really put a lot of like work into trying to figure out.
0: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June.
1: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
2: What it is in the museum yeah. and like from what year it's from. And I mean, they do have King Tut's tomb in there, which we saw.
0: Yeah, there was uh, there was the. There was a whole bunch of them there. Sarcophagus. Yes, there was a
2: sarcophagus display. But I remember the even so King Tut. He gets lent out to exhibits mm-hmm. all over the place. Like do you remember when we were in New York later that year stuff and King Tut was in some exhibit there? But Yeah, <laughs> we had read a story about that the so the museum in Cairo and how they tried to move King Tut And the museum employees like cracked part of his like Mm. mask. Yeah. And this really just went along with the theme of in Egypt with all these artifacts and everything lying around. Like they just really don't take that good care of them. And this is exactly why, if we talk about the Rosetta Stone, why England has the Rosetta Stone? Well, (laughs)
0: England are also assholes. They've pillaged from every country. The thing is, and we're saying this about Egypt, but someone explained it to me while we were there, is that the actual problem is when the economy just was devastated after 2011, there was no money anymore. So they weren't paying anyone to work there. They weren't paying for upkeep. They didn't have the money. So that's why it was, you know, I think had we gone five years earlier, we actually would have seen it in a lot better state. Oh, I agree. Um,
2: yeah, yeah, I mean, I loved all the stuff I was looking at. I just didn't know what I was looking at. I don't know if that excuses trying to move to King Tut and breaking stuff though.
0: That's true. That <laughs> is
2: true.
0: <laughs> and then somehow when we saw them, so flash forward, I'm back in Canada. Andrea's going to New York for work, so I flew to New York to meet you there. And at and at the museum in New York, of course, we were laughing because it was the Egyptian display, and everything was labeled so well. Yes, yeah, they like, did it. Did like, you receive it like this? Like did New York do the work?
2: I would have imagined New York probably would have done the work.
0: Yeah. I would guess.
2: Ne- well, because otherwise they would have had people in Cairo doing it, right? True. So yeah.
0: I we were walking around like, why is this better in New York than in Egypt?
2: Yeah. <clears throat> we got that authentic experience though in Egypt. True. True. Um and I know we talked about the Rosetta Stone. Now, if you're going to Egypt, you will see many replicas. Many Mm -hmm. replicas of the Rosetta Stone. Because as I mentioned, it is in England. Um, Yeah. And England has had it for a long time. But I think, like you said, Steph, where they, you know, things... They don't maybe have the capacity to take care of things. I mean, Mm. it's probably safer (laughs) where it is right now.
0: Talking about Alexandria as well is when you're in Egypt at a lot of these sites, there's signs everywhere that say, if you see... You know, items that belong to Egypt and other countries. Please tell us. Yeah. Like they want like it's like other countries are holding Egyptian artifacts hostage. Yeah. Um, I, I found that really interesting. It just seems so they were so open about it. They're like other countries have stolen our stuff. We want it back. If you know where any of this is, tell us. mm. I was like, oh, my god!
2: Should I have told them, like, hi, so I know the, where the Rosetta Stone is? Oh, my God. <laughs> Imagine they didn't know. They were like, oh, shit, really? <laughs> like, I'm the first one to tell them.
0: They're <laughs> talking about Alexandria. This was somewhere where I was really excited to go.
2: And- Alexandria used to be, like, the Mecca land mm-hmm. of Egypt, right? Like, this was the Mecca, and we were like, we got to go there. Like, it's it's not far, what was that, like, a couple-hour drive? couple hours yeah.
0: drive yeah i think it was about three that is where like pro tip always confirm before you're getting in a car that your driver is in fact your driver
2: oh yeah this is the one where we got into the wrong car we just got,
0: we just got into a random man's car and, and he, started, he driving. started driving yeah whoops but uh um, lesson learned yeah. <laughs> yeah and we had to jump out at a red light and run back to our hostel <laughs> i mean we were
2: not being kidnapped but no he i think he just was giving us a. he thought he was giving us a ride weird anyways so <laughs> then we made it to alexandria with our correct tour guide and the first things i remember seeing in alexandria was garbage yeah a lot of garbage everywhere i'm not just talking like people throwing a bit of litter on the ground bags and bags and bags and bags and bags, and bags of like rubbish everywhere and we asked about this and, you know, Alexandria did not scream the land of Mecca to me when we got no.
0: there. The water was filled with trash. Like the the trash was piled on piles on piles and you could tell. And this isn't like they throw it out and it gets collected every week. This is it had been accumulating for
2: It looked like years of trash. Well, and didn't our driver explain to us
0: what he said? This was just how he explained it to us, is that he said that after the revolution, when people were demanding democracy, Mm -hmm. they didn't really understand what democracy meant. Mm -hmm. And they thought that with democracy come all these services. Right. So when you overthrow your government and you're going to democratically elect a new government, then you get services, you get trash collection, you get all this stuff so they said people just had no idea what had happened and what it actually meant. And they just started throwing their garbage out thinking it would be collected. Yeah. And then it's
2: just piled up.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was, it was not, it was almost a bit tragic. I would say it was, Um,
2: if you look at it. And again, when you read about a place like Alexandria and then to go and see the state that it's in, I don't know, this is five years ago. So maybe it's, been cleaned up now but Mm. again we're not just talking like scattered you know tissue paper or whatever like it was mounds and mounds and mounds and mounds of garbage not only on the streets but in front of people's houses in the water like, this, yeah. like, shoreline again. I couldn't like, get a
0: photo of the, sh- of... No. I couldn't get photos without garbage.
2: There was so, it like, was his, so much historical, you know... Beauty and significance. Just significance, gone. yeah, that's it, of this place. And just to see it, it was a bit disappointing. I, mm. I don't actually remember much from Alexandria. But, like, we went down to the beach which was riddled with garbage we went for a lunch <laughs>
0: but we did so we did go to i'm probably gonna say this wrong but we did go to serapium and Pompeii's pillar which is yep. like kind of cool and we were walking around we're like all right and then we realized so the catacombs of koma mm-hmm. are in there and once yes. we went down into there we were like okay this is cool
2: Yes, like catacombs, old crypts, and tombs, and stuff like that.
0: And typical me, you were just walking around exploring, and I was so paranoid we were going to get lost down there. I was like <laughs> mapping it in my head of how to get out of there.
2: Yeah, I mean it wasn't even that big.
0: No, I was so scared, and then so,
2: we stuff was scared a mummy was going to jump out at her and start chasing her through the catacombs. And I was like, Yes, I, I hope push... a mummy
0: jumps out because I would, <laughs> I would survive. <laughs> I would be that person who would shove you towards the mummy to try to sacrifice you and run myself.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've always wanted to be put in one of these situations with either like a mummy or a zombie because I feel like I could survive this and I need to, I want to test myself.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't. We were like the first to get COVID. Like we would be the first ones dead.
2: (laughs) True. That's a good point. point. That's
0: what I've learned at the zombie apocalypse. I'd be screwed yeah um and then we, the, it, it, and this was such a weird dichotomy from going from the ruins to the alexandria library they'd pumped millions and millions and millions and it i remember reading the plaque and we're like this is all foreign money
2: like it, was it didn't all sound like egypt yeah i paid for any of it i think but england um, paid for a lot of it probably because they have the original rosetta stone <laughs> So they're like hey you know what we'll hold on to this but we're gonna give you some money to build a beautiful library it is beautiful yeah, and it, and it was air conditioned. Actually,
0: yeah, I think we hung out there for an hour just to yeah cool down.
2: And but they and- did have a replica Rosetta Stone inside, just in case you're wondering. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and then we left there and we went back, and I, the, they were like, "Yeah, how? Like, you just saw the best parts of Alexandria," and we were like, "Oh goodness!" And a couple years later, my parents went, and my advice to them was, "I was like, honestly, don't go to Alexandria. Skip the whole day." And do something else. But they were like, same thing. They're like, no, we have to go there. It's Alexandria. And after they were there, they were like, we wish we listened to you. Like, we actually wish we didn't spend a day there.
2: It's just one of those things. And it is disappointing. But it is such a place of, like, historical significance that I get why you got... Like, that's why we went, you know? Yeah. And I don't know anyone that's gone in the last few years and been like, it's amazing. But if you're into history, though, and maybe that's it. I probably don't know enough about the history, you know, Mm. where... Anything has that, like, I'm just looking around, just seeing garbage and whatever. But if you're a history buff, you know, go. Like, you should, I think some places it doesn't, like, they don't necessarily have to be beautiful in order to, like, appreciate.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's very true.
2: Now, I remember us finishing off our holiday in Egypt on a romantic cruise down the Nile. Mm -hmm. Steph, you remember our cruise?
0: I do. It was
2: very romantic
0: Lots of singing, lots of candles. Yeah, lots so of photos.
2: This is a very, um, I wouldn't even say this was touristy because on this boat, when we say cruise, it's like a big old boat with like a restaurant inside and mm. then like the rooftop upstairs. And a lot of people that were on this weren't even tourists. Like, I feel like this is a thing that even the locals do for fun on like the weekends. But we bought tickets where you get a dinner. It's like dinner and entertainment. And. Mm. I mean, I don't remember the dinner food wise. And I'm sure like people, you know, I think people travel a lot for cuisine purposes. I would not say the food in Egypt. I mean, we were there during Ramadan. So, like, I was just going to really say, eat. like,
0: we did not get a fair representation no.
2: of Egyptian food. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're known for like their cuisine anyways. But anyways, what we did eat. I don't remember what we had on the boat. But then we went up. The entertainment was Sufi dancing
0: yes Sufi whirling
2: sufi whirling so sufi whirling so in egypt they call it tenora so this is the these are the dancers you see with the big like they just twirl and twirl and twirl and they've got the big almost like a cloak it almost looks like joseph and the amazing technical that is what i
0: was just gonna say
2: yeah go 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 joseph you know what they say exactly they call it in egypt tenora which that Essentially just means the colorful skirt. And so this guy was twirling his life away. (laughs) Yeah, he was. And I think he had like fire sticks as well. They had fire. They had dancing. They had twirling. I don't know what it
0: is about me that people pinpoint me, but they're like, we're going to make this chick do it too.
2: Oh, did you do it? I don't remember this.
0: Oh, so he came out. He pulled me out of the crowd, the crowd, Mm -hmm. and he brought me up onto the dance floor I have videos of this that you got you took,
2: oh, I remember this now, yeah, and he
0: put the skirt on me and let me say these skirts are heavy, mm-hmm. and it was drenched in sweat. It was oh. disgusting. It was like someone putting four inches of their sweat onto your body that would not it fly was...
2: during covid
0: <laughs> no, the long gone are those days. It was so gross, but I was up there, and I obviously you can't be like, Ew. So yeah. he put it on and I did it and I just yeah.
2: It was a fun night. It was really fun. It was it was a fun night. The only thing I would say which was kind of a downer was the what? smell coming off of the Nile. So it doesn't smell great because again, no. there's a lot of garbage and crap that's been dumped in that river. Um, which is a shame because again, it's has so so much like historical significance. So yeah. it was a bit stanky on the boat, but it was one of those things. It was pretty cool to be like, hey, I'm literally having a cruise down the Nile.
0: Yeah. It was one of those things that for me, it was like the Great the Pyramids of Giza mm. and a Nile cruise. Those were my things when yeah. I was going there. Yeah. And the Sphinx.
2: And the Sphinx. Yeah. And the Sphinxy Sphinx. We forgot about the Sphinx. I mean, what can you say about the Sphinx? <laughs> There's not much you have to say. Iconic. I think
0: if I could change anything is that, So what happened is you left and then I went to leave shortly after. But Mm -hmm. there was some sort of, from what we were told, terrorist threat against the airline. I was supposed to fly from Cairo to Mumbai on Egypt Mm -hmm. Air. And it sounded like there was some kind of threat and my flight was canceled. Just straight up canceled. So I took that as a sign as I was actually supposed to stay in Egypt longer and went down to Luxor.
2: Yes, Luxor is supposed to be beautiful.
0: Yeah, and I wish, I so wish you were there because in Luxor, I would tell everyone, honestly, to spend two days in Cairo, Max. Two days in Cairo.
2: We didn't even really talk about that. Like, the city itself in Cairo, it's, and as you can imagine, for a place that was at unrest for so long, like, it's not... It's not the nicest looking of places. There's Mm -hmm. buildings that are falling down. As we said, there's kind of garbage everywhere. Like, it's not some, like, hustling, bustling metropolitan city. You know, you go there to then go see the pyramids really or yeah you know if you're on business or something like that I was asking my driver this on the way to the airport and that's what he said he was like we don't really get tourists here anymore because look at it like that's that's those were his words <laughs> he said look at it why would anyone want to come see this but I think I did
0: like I did appreciate standing in Tahrir Square um, yeah. for anyone who's familiar with what happened during the revolution there's a great movie you can watch called The Square that came mm-hmm. out in 2013. I, I think, think it's on
2: Netflix, isn't it? I watched it on Netflix.
0: Yeah. So I really Probably. kind of appreciated, you know, you hear about these things and you see them, but standing there, you you really do get more of a feel for what actually happened there. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think that was powerful in Cairo. But other than that, I think two days in Cairo and then head down to Luxor. I've never had my jaw drop so many times in a matter of days it was just place after place after place that left me completely speechless
2: what did you do there
0: give you a quick rundown but the valley of the kings is there karnak and luxor temples the one place that really took my breath away is called medinet habu it's the temple of ramses the third and then i did a hot air balloon ride over the valley of the kings and uh, i i just don't have words it's like all these things you hear about egypt and how okay you talked about the pyramids how it's incredible trying to actually imagine people building it Mm -hmm. that was the same feeling i got at every temple in luxor it's you walk in and you think how could they have done this you just your mind can't wrap around how this could even be done in modern times let alone over five thousand years ago so i wish i could have spent a month in egypt i thought it was going to be a couple days sit like in out get out and I just I could have stayed for weeks longer than I did yeah well there's probably yeah. a lot
2: more to see it depends how long your trip is I mean the four days I was there for me I would say if you're only there for a short period of time go to the pyramids oh,
0: this is gonna go to show how much how little I knew about Egypt when I went and I was just thinking pyramids as I went and I met other travelers I kept hearing about these other places like Ashwan and Dahab and um, Sharm el-Sheikh and Abu Simbel and Like,
2: I have to go back.
0: When you actually start reading about these places, it's like, how had I never heard of them?
2: Yeah. We'll put them on your bucket list for when we can travel again.
0: Oh, they are. And we're going to, we're going to, are you going to meet me there again? We'll hike Mount Sinai (laughs) and we can go up and God can give us the next 10 commandments. Yeah. Imagine he did. And we were the next Moses.
2: Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen.
0: I mean, maybe. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
2: well that was our experience in Egypt but as Steph said I mean we haven't done all of it yet I mean I certainly haven't we
0: just yeah I feel like we just scratched the surface
2: (laughs) yeah but if you guys have any tips for Egypt if you've been to parts of Egypt that we haven't even mentioned today let us know so we can add it onto our bucket list and hopefully we were able to give you guys a bit of escapism today
0: yeah a little bit of insight into the beautiful side of Egypt and the Not quite what one expects side of Egypt.
2: Yeah, exactly. I really enjoyed escaping for a bit and reliving our vacation to Egypt from five (laughs) years ago. And I feel like we need to do, I want to do some more of these, especially at a time where we can't really travel and we'll just take you on, you know, an old journey of mine and Steph's or maybe it might be individual journeys because Steph and I have not traveled everywhere together. Although we would like to. Yeah. We'll do a few more of these episodes. Um, And if there's any specific places that you want us to talk about, tell you about our little adventures there, let us know. We'll scratch your itches, baby yeah thanks all as always for listening all right see you next week guys all the shit i've learned abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel you can listen to us on multiple platforms from itunes to google play music and more and with that please if you have a chance give us a five-star review on itunes or whatever platform you listen on that drives us up the charts and really really helps us out want to support us on patreon find us over at shit have learned abroad pod and donations start as low as just one dollar also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at shit abroad pod and Facebook by searching all the shit i've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less in similar brands.